We want to be more than just a cool scenery. We want to we want to cultivate ministry and programs that cater to the people of Alaska and people who are called to Alaska. We're excited about the way that God is making us new here. The way that He is shaping us and forming us and molding us individually and as a church more and more into the image of His Son. Over half of our congregation are ex-incarcerated people hmm. or homeless people. And it's a great opportunity for ministry because nobody really wants to reach out to them and in most churches they don't feel like they're really wanted there. Certainly see God's creation when you come to Alaska, but we want to be a place that kids in the community know is safe and fun. In 2015, uh, we felt God calling us back to Kodiak uh, with the idea of um, approaching ministry from a more regional perspective here in the city of Kodiak, not knowing what that would look like. Over the course of a couple of years, God just continued opening doors for ministry here at Frontier. So in 2017, um, Pastor Gary and Candy retired and, uh, um, and we began ministering here as, as senior pastor. Our next big step is that we're going to start a recovery center similar to what Team Challenge does, but if in the valley here, if we had six of these facilities, we wouldn't have enough. So Faith Recovery is going to step into the niche of a recovery center because addicts come off of the street or they come, even guys who are addicted that still have houses and whatever, they need to have a stable environment in which to re in which to beat their addiction. Thank you for giving to the Delaria Shared State Missions offering and the 2000 Club. So we need that recovery center, and if people want to support this ministry, the the money from that their giving does not go to me, does not go to any other staff members. Every one of us are a volunteer in this ministry, and it goes 100 percent towards the need to meet people where they are. We have a lot of kids that come in that are unchurched and so for them to be able to experience and feel apart and not feel like they're lost and don't know what's going on, it's, it's, it may seem just a minor thing, a projection screen, big deal, but it's, it is a big deal. It, it allows everyone to be a part. go directly to, directly 100% into the hands of missions efforts throughout the state of Alaska, including uh, our very own Tyler and Carrie Knupp out at the camp, which as you know, if you followed us for any time, has had a very rough summer. So uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other organizations in just their same uh, situation. So anything you can do above and beyond your normal uh, giving at Christ Community Church uh, would be greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, I want to give you a couple quick links. If you're watching with us at home, um, those of you in-house, all you get is this. Um, it, I mean, it's good. You're going to like it. But if you're at home, you can also go to uh, c3ak.com slash hello. Um, you can fill out a visitor card. First time, 100th time. Fill out the visitor card. Let us know you're joining us. If you're joining us live right now via YouTube, go to the chat bar on the side of the screen and say hey and good morning and let us know you're here and let's uh you know let's have some virtual community there folks because uh, you know if you got the tech you may as well use it
Uh, fill out that visitor card. If you're at home and you've got little ones, you can go to c3ak.com slash kidprint, uh, and you can print out some kids' activity sheets uh, for them to work on. Uh, while I will be doing an extended amount of talking later on, um, you might want to get some for yourself as I'm doing an extended amount of talking later on. Uh, you can also go to c3ak.com slash donate. That will take you to the church's um, financial website. That Any kind of donations you want to do, all the various options you can do for your normal uh, giving, you can find those links there. Um, we are also starting something new. Uh, I got a link for you. I don't know if it's live or if we're just putting it in your head, but c3ak.com slash ask. And uh, what we're doing is we are integrating an interactive portion into our service where um, talkie talkie guy up here will get through his message and then over the course of the message you can be sending in questions that you have hopefully directly related to what we're talking about this morning um, and then we'll take a couple minutes at the end of the message um, and try to answer some of what kind of popped into your mind uh, while the message is going on. And uh, it just gives us a little bit more uh, back and forth, a little bit more communicative style rather than just straight lecture, which not everybody appreciates. Uh, we are a praying church. If you have prayer requests, something you need, you can go to uh, send an email to prayer at c3ak.com slash, uh, no, email, prayer at c3ak.com. That uh, prayer request will go directly to our prayer team. And uh, whatever it is you need, something for yourself, something for somebody you know, uh, as soon as that email hits inboxes, people will be praying about your need, whatever it might be. Uh, if your prayer request is a little bit more personal and you don't kind of want to share it with a large group of people you don't know, you can send those prayer requests via email to Pastor Tracy at c3ak.com, Pastor Jason at c3ak.com. Uh, we share those only between the two of ourselves, and uh, we're honored and we're privileged to pray about uh, whatever your need is. And uh, it's something we're pleased to do. So um, do make sure to avail yourself of that. There's no prayer request that's too big, no prayer request that's too small. If it's in your heart, it's in his heart. Let it be in our hearts too. I think that's enough talking for me because I'm going to do an extended amount of talking later on. So uh, I'd like to open us with a word of prayer and we will kick on. Father, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for uh, providing uh, the opportunity for us to gather together and worship. Uh, I just pray now you would come and enter this place, that you would abide with us, that you would uh, inspire our hearts to worship, our minds and our spirits, that we would be open and honest in, in uh, expressing to you your goodness and your glory um, through song. Uh, I just pray you would come now and accept our praise, and that, Father, we would be aware, we would be present, we would be discerning to understand uh, what it is you want from us during this interaction this morning. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Awesome. Great to see you guys here with us this morning. Uh, just to, to tag team onto the Alaska State Missions offering there. Um, saw three uh, great folks, good friends of mine from around the state there. Obviously, Tyler and Carrie from out at Laverne Griffin. Also saw a guy named Martin McBeak, who is on the island of Kodiak and doing a fantastic job there. He's also part of Send North, uh, the missions organization that Joe and Holly Greeson are missionaries for. And so that makes a great connection there too with the work that he uh, does with Send North. And then the last guy, the guy that looks like Santa Claus, uh, that's uh, Scott Thompson. He's out in Wasilla and started a recovery church for uh, addicts 
alcoholics and it has just exploded and is doing an incredible work there and is beginning to plant churches around the state. And uh, so, you know, the funds that you might give, your extra funds that you give to missions this month will go to help guys just like that. And you should also know that right here at Christ Community Church, we have benefited from that same offering, uh, both the one that was mentioned, the 2000 Club, uh, which is a separate deal. Uh, we've received funds for maintenance around here. And then that state missions offering was part of the funding that allowed us to upgrade our microphone system uh, to a system that was legal because the old system that we had, the government gave away our frequencies and we couldn't use those anymore. And uh, so we got uh, nearly $10,000 here, right at Christ Community Church, out of those mission funds to uh, help us with evangelistic efforts and our uh, performing arts ministry, which obviously is on hold for the whole world right now. But we pray we're going to get back to one of these days. So um, not only does it help folks like them, but at times it's helped us too. So it'd be great for us to give back, all right? And I'll try and let you know maybe next week what our grand total was for the Bats family. Um, but you guys did a great job there as well. And uh, thank you for being so generous. All right. Woo! Let's jump into some music, yeah? Oh, you're enthusiastic. Yeah. I feel it. I like it. That's good. That's good. Uh, feel that energy coming back this way. All right, I'll invite you to stand. Let's see if you'd like to, but here we go. Rage. 
I bow down. 
I had this really cool moment this morning. Um, I was standing right here, and it was during the, um, the Valeria Sherrard video. And I, I was watching the video, and uh, there's just this moment where I realized I had absolutely no idea what I was talking about this morning. For the life of me, I could not claw from my brain what it is I was supposed to share with you. And... Uh, it was horrifying and terrifying, and that's always kind of the words you want to start your worship experience with, horrifying and terrifying. Uh, but it's okay, I'm there now, and uh, as promised, I do have many, many words to share with you. So, we're in good shape. Uh, for those that know, for you've been here for a few weeks, you know what we're doing. If you haven't been, you're just catching up with us now, joining us for the first time. Uh, we've been taking the last few weeks to kind of share some words of encouragement and inspiration uh, in this time when certainly um, 
you know, it's such an effort to not just want to throttle everyone and everything. So you're in the right place for some good news. Um, I told Tracy a couple weeks back um, what I wanted to talk about this morning. I thought I knew what I wanted to talk about. He's like, what do you want to talk about? And the verse came to me. And I was like, here's what I'm going to share. And then um, earlier this week, got through last week's message, earlier this week, sat down to start kind of looking through the scripture. And um, I, I chose something from Romans. And Romans is like... Now, now don't, don't bring your own personal abject bias to this, but Romans is like the fruitcake of the Bible. It's, it's, there's lots and lots of really good like morsels in there, but it is dense. I mean, it is truly theologically dense. If, if um, I actually went and looked it up. If we wanted to, and there's a reason nobody ever in the history of the world, unless they're just insane, there's a reason nobody does, we're going to preach through the book of Romans. Because in order to preach through the book of Romans, 16 chapters in the book of Romans, in order to preach through 16 chapters in the book of Romans, it would take roughly 45 to 60 weeks straight, nonstop. So like a full year to get through 16 chapters because it is just that theologically dense. And so I, I had selected like, I, yeah, I was like eight or nine verses I wanted to get through. And so I came and I sat down and I started looking over and I was like, that's not going to work. So I had to cut my verses in half. I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, like five. And then I started looking at those five, and there's so much stuff in the five I want to share that even then I'm like going through and I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm lining them all out. It's like, nope, you don't make the cut. Nope, nope, nope. And I almost feel like I should come back and do the same message next week and throw back in all the stuff I had to pull out. But uh, I just want to start, I want to read this with you. If you have a Bible, uh, I would encourage you, uh, whether here, whether at home, whether paper, whether electronic, to join me in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. And uh, we're going to go straight, actually find the book, find, find chapter 9, and go backwards like a click. We're going to pick up in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I want to just, I, mean, we're gonna, I just want to go through pretty, kind of like almost verse by verse. It's not almost, it is verse by verse. And just share you a couple things, show you a couple things to look at. So starting in verse 35, uh, Paul is in Rome 
speaking to a bunch of people who are, in fact, Romans. Romans, right, right. It's, it's in there. It wasn't really a trick. He's speaking to Romans um, because Paul knows that if he wants to really expand the message of the good news of Jesus Christ, he has to go to Rome, which is the center, I mean the center of the known world at the time. If you want to spread a message, you get it into Rome, and it just sort of seeps out from there. Uh, the problem is the Romans, uh, if you'll recall, are in fact the group that crucified Jesus. So the Romans aren't real hip to, you know, the good news. Uh, in their minds, it's not really good news. It's, it's insurrection. It's traitorous. It's scandalous. And so Paul goes, where can I go to expand the word of Christ and be in the most hostile place to the reception of this message I can find? I'm going to go to Rome. So he goes to Rome, he starts sharing this message, and he's, he's kind of speaking to a, a believing crowd a little bit. And we can see that in some of what he shares here. So he's like, look, I'm going to tell you right now, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's an open question. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Um, in the Roman scheme of things, love was, and, and in most religions of the time, love was not the first and foremost principle of religion. Um, power and fear, subjugation, you know, it was, you're going to believe or we're going to kill you kind of thing. Or you're going to believe in me or I'm going to kill you because that's just the kind of God I am. And Paul's talking about love. And he's saying, who in all this world, this, this harsh, barren, barbaric world we live in, who can separate you from the love of Christ? And maybe he even left a pause there, like I just did. And he was looking at anyone? Anyone? Yeah? Okay, I'm going to tell you who will. And so he starts, Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? And this is almost like a direct rebuke to the Roman system of things. This is how Romans dealt, the Roman Empire, this is how they dealt with those within their borders, those within their empire who got out of line. We're not going to come in and love you to death. We're not going to come in and win hearts and minds. We're going to come in with tribulation and distress and persecution um, famine. We're just not going to let you eat. We're going to starve you till you see things our way. Ooh, little, no, a little, it's lunchtime. I think your way is the right way now that you mention it. Um, nakedness. Nakedness was not just about the removal of clothes. Nakedness was about shame. Uh, that's why when you look at the account of the crucifixion of Christ, you know, if you think about it, there's no reason a fully clothed man can't be nailed to a cross. The whole point in stripping him naked was shame and humiliation. You know, we want to not just kill this offender. 
We want to shame and humiliate and desecrate his name. We want him to go down as a laughingstock so that future generations and people and believers will look at that and go, no, that's ridiculous. That's not for me. Danger. Sword. I mean, sword is pretty self-explanatory. Roman, centurion, sword. You're dead. And this is all about, these are the methods the Roman Empire would use to bring you in line. And Paul, and, and these people would have known this. These people would have had been familiar with this. Uh, vast numbers of his crowd may have at one point in time been uh, actual Roman centurions themselves. Uh, they'd certainly be familiar with them. And he would say, would these methods, these methods that the Roman Empire uses to bring subjects into line, all these things, maybe some of these things you yourselves have been subjected to, can these things, these temporary worldly things, separate you from the love of God. And then he goes on, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. This is a quote from Psalm 44, chapter, uh, verse 22. And it's, it's in fact saying, for your sake, not so much a for your sake, God, for you, we are being slaughtered, but it's more because of our faith in you, because of our belief in you, because we belong to you, we are slaughtered by the unbelieving world. We are slaughtered by those who oppose you and your message. And it's a reminder Paul's bringing out there to say, you know what, this, this oppression you as a believer might be experiencing, this is not new. Um, Psalm would have been written a good roughly thousand-ish years before this occasion right here. So he's saying, you know, for at least a thousand years, people, the people of God, the people of Yahweh have been experiencing this kind of oppression. We know that when we enter into relationship with God, when we enter into relationship with Jesus, we know that for whatever benefit we gain from that, we know there's going to be oppression. And even though it's not something you and I think of, because it's ridiculous that this could happen to us here in America in our day and age, for believers down through the centuries, down through the millennia, for believers in many other parts of the world today, actually losing your life for your faith in Jesus Christ is a real, real possibility. So he's just reminding me, he's like, you know what, this, this is not a new thing. But even going all the way back from the very beginning with God, though somebody may take your life, they cannot separate you from God's love. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure... Okay, and I want to I take these kind of step by step, break them down a little bit. For I am sure neither death, death, the actual cessation of life function, that moment that comes after you take your last breath, cannot separate you from God's love. In fact, Paul is the one who said, for me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. 
For while I am alive, I experience God's love through the filter, the ugly, dark, dingy filter of this world. But when I am dead, I enter into his direct presence and I experience his, his love directly, directly, physically from the Father himself. So death, not something to look forward to, not something to go chasing after, but death can't separate you from the love of God. Neither death nor life. Life. Sometimes ugly, grinding, desperate, toiling, tolling life. The drudgery of it, the misery of it, the despair of it. Those moments, which hopefully for you are far and and few and far between, those moments that you can only kind of recognize academically because it's never happened to you, but those moments that far too many people experience day to day, those moments when you say, I simply cannot do this anymore. I don't have it in me. I just want it to end. Life, good or bad, cannot separate you from the love of God. Nor angels. Now, it says angels, but we're really talking about two subgroups. You got the good angels, who, even if they wanted to, which they wouldn't, could not separate you from the love of Christ. Nor the other angels, the fallen angels, they want to separate you from the love of Christ. And they cannot. Nor rulers. Say what you will about political systems, about political rulers. Um, you know, and in, in, in let I'm not talking about here and now in election season in America 2020. I'm talking about the vast scheme of world history. I mean, let's look at a, at a, a Hitler, a Stalin, a Pol Pot, Attila the Hun, Genghis Khan. I mean, some of the big bads who have ruled vast swaths of the world and all the power that that entails do not have the power to separate you from the love of Christ. Nor things present. Some of you are at a point in your life where things are pretty good. I mean, bar the whole coronavirus election season in America, I'm just so tired of everyone and everything, you're still in a pretty good place. Um, I mean, you know, movie theaters aren't like really a thing anymore, which I'm not a huge fan of, but still, pretty good place. Some of you are not in a good place. And you haven't been in a good place. And, and you don't see down the road that things are going to get better anytime soon. And yet, whatever your present moment is, whatever your present circumstances, they 
cannot separate you from the love of Christ. And if by now you're just sitting wherever you are wishing I would stop using the phrase separate you from the love of Christ, it's not going to happen. I'm going to say it like 300 more times in the next 30 minutes. Uh, because it's the one thing I really, really, really want you to come away with this morning. So, nor present things, nor things to come. Um, as, I, as I think I mentioned last week, I tend to be um, an optimist with like a huge core of cynic. Uh, and I am, and it's, maybe it's a fault, I, it maybe it may be even sinful, maybe it show a lack of faith on my part. I am a person who, in my life, when things have gone too well for too long, I start getting nervous. Because, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, wow, I'm feeling good, the world is good, life is good, things are great, I got nothing to complain about, I haven't had anything to complain about for a really long let me check a calendar oh man I for all I know my last few years have been so good I inflicted 2020 on all of you I don't know but whatever your future holds good or bad it cannot separate you from the love of Christ and he doesn't throw it in here, but I want to make a point. Your past cannot separate you from the love of Christ. Because your past is the past and should stay in the past. And if your past is the kind of past that keeps popping up, and it keeps jumping to the front of your mind, and you are tied down by the things you've done and the guilt you feel and the judgment, the condemnation that the past may inflict on you, if you are in the love of Christ, those things are not there anymore. Those things are gone. Those things are forgiven. Those things have passed away. They're back there. Leave them back there. So nothing present. Nothing to come. Nor powers. Now, we had the power of the angels and we had the power of rulers, but he then throws in powers again. Because if there's any other power structure in your life, um, maybe you are an employee who has a power structure above you. Maybe you are in a student who has a power structure above you. Maybe you are in a relationship where there is a power structure over you. Whatever power structures you see at work in your life, however overbearing they might seem, however controlling they might appear to be, they cannot separate you from the love of Christ. And then he goes on. Nor height nor depth, and simply, uh, the easiest way to expand on that is that there ain't no mountain high enough. There ain't no valley low enough. In fact, 
Anybody want to guess? There ain't no river wide enough to keep him from getting to you. I don't know, for those of you that saw it, it was brilliant. For those of you who haven't, I, I highly, highly, highly encourage you to go and find, uh, either through Facebook, however you do that, or through the church's YouTube webpage, uh, through our YouTube site, uh, the message from a couple weeks ago that Tracy did at um, the uh, Alaska Baptist Convention annual meeting, uh, which was, um, I mean, you know, he's our guy, and we listen to him all the time, and so there was nothing remarkable in what he said. Everything he said was pretty much in line with what we know, but to get to be in a place where other people get to experience that and see this level of just, it was amazing, and I encourage you to do it, but he did the thing where he ended the message, and he, like, launched off into, like, song, as some pastors can do, uh, which I told him, man, I, I wish I could do that. And for a brief moment in leading up to that, I, I thought there was half a chance I was gonna. And then reality set in, and, uh, and I decided no. But um, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep him from getting to you. And then just to really put the fine point on this, Paul says, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There is simply nothing. And if as you sit here this morning or via technology, whenever you might be sitting watching. If in your mind there is something there that you think separates you from the love of God that I have not directly addressed, no, you're wrong. It's not there. Because there does not exist on this plane of existence, at this time and space, anything that separates you from the love of God. It simply doesn't exist because there is nothing powerful enough that can break that love between you and God. So if you take nothing else away this morning, take away the idea that whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, it cannot separate you from the love of God. It's the, the primary thing I want you to get this morning. The second thing I want to leave you with is this. Backing up a little bit. In verse 37, he says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, God knows, and for those that don't know and aren't aware, let me set uh, a, a misunderstanding you may have in place straight. Uh, far too many people, I think primarily in the Western world, in the church, somehow get this view that if I just throw my lot in with God, if I, if I accept him into my life, if I you know, agree to be on his team, everything after that is going to be sunshine and daisies. 
Like life is just going to be good and easy, piece of cake. I'm not going to have any problems. Bro, whoever sold you that bill of goods, really, it would not be out of place to go back and just poke them in the nose. Because that is a lie straight from the depths of hell. Because the devil wants you to believe that being with God is easy because when, when it's not easy, you can reject it. You can say it's a lie. You can say it's not for me. And you can put it behind you. God knows with him or without him, life is going to be hard. There are going to be difficulties. There's going to be trials and tribulations. And Paul is saying, hey, look, I told you just now, just look back. Okay, I know I'm talking to you, so there's not like a written transcript right now, but go back to what I just said. For at least a thousand years, we have accepted the fact that life with God is hard. But in your life, when things are hard, God wants you to come through those things as a conqueror. Too many of us are willing to just get through things on our hands and our knees with the last breath we have in us. I mean, for the record, I don't think I threw out a movie reference last week, so I'm going to throw one out this morning. Rocky. 1976. If you recall, and most people don't recall this, Rocky, Apollo Creed, toe-to-toe, the champ and the underdog, and they beat the ever-loving snot out of each other. And at the end of that fight, nobody wins. It's a tie. It's a draw. And the draw goes to the champ. And the best Rocky can say with this is, I managed to get through. I'm, I'm still in it. I, I didn't die. I didn't go down. I lasted. And too many of us in our lives, in our hard times, are willing to accept for, at least I got through. That is not what Jesus Christ has called you to. He has called you to be a conqueror. He has called you to be Rocky III, baby. Go with me. You remember, beginning of Rocky III, things are ugly. Rock got the beat down by clubber Mr. T. Lang. Mick died. Had to go to the streets of Philadelphia with Apollo to get the eye of the tiger back. But in his fight at the end, in the rematch, Rocky's trash-talking Mr. T. Remember? He's bouncing around. He's like, you ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. He's like, bring it on. Come on, bring it. This is the way God wants you to get through the hard times in your life. With the acceptance of no matter what hard time is before me, no matter what foe oppresses me, No matter what rises up around that next corner or beyond that next hill, I am more than well equipped to deal with it because God is on my side. Nothing can separate me from his love. And I will come through not just as a survivor, but as a conqueror and in victory. 
as conquerors because you cannot be separated from the love of Christ. Third point I want to make, and um, I hate to do it. Now, there's no really other way around it. Scripture is what Scripture is. Bible says what Bible says. So at this point, I have to throw in a tiny little bit of a but. There is a little bit of an exception here. Nothing can separate us. Nothing in all of everything, in all of anything, can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, this love, this overwhelming, never-ending, limitless flow of God's love from him to us and us to him, this thing from which we cannot be separated is only present in Jesus Christ. Which means in order to be in that love, we must be in Jesus Christ. If you, as a believer, are living a life separate from Jesus Christ, you cannot then take part in Jesus Christ and in that love. See, the love is in him, and if you're not in him, you don't get the love. It's um, camping. Everybody done the camping thing, right? Okay. And whether you go and string a hammock and throw a tarp over yourself or set up a really nice tent or go in, you know, the 739-foot motorhome, the one thing all camping experiences have in common is the campfire. You have a motorhome with like microwaves and VCRs. No, you wouldn't have a VCR anymore. You would have like Blu-ray and like 39-inch flat panel that descends from the ceiling. And you have bathrooms and generators and heat. And really, like, it's like your house, but it's like nicer. Um, but even then, you're going to have a campfire. Um, and quite honestly, sometimes... Aren't, aren't like the not nice camping weekends better? Those, those weekends where you just, you keep the campfire going the whole time and you just huddle up around it. And because around the campfire is where the good stuff happens. I mean, yeah, you might go for a hike and yeah, you might, you know, not put the fly on the tent and be able to sleep under the stars and look up at the sky as you fall asleep. But the good stuff happens around the campfire. And so if you've ever camped in Alaska, you have camped in bad weather. It's happened. You looked at the news forecast that said for the last 27 days, there's been no rain. For the next 48 days, there's no rain. You get up, you send out the, the find the right spot. You start to set up the tent, and there's clouds. And you're like, what the? 
Alaska, baby. But you know what it's like, and, and you wake up in the morning, and it, maybe it's a little chilly, maybe it's a little drizzly, and it's overcast, and then you get that fire going, and it's nice and warm and toasty, and you're like, this is such a good spot. I mean, I don't even care that there's wood ash in my coffee. I mean, it just makes it taste better, gosh darn it. And you love that roasty, toasty feel of the campfire. But if you get up and go walk 50 feet away and it's a little darker, you know, the rain's coming down on you now. Mosquitoes aren't driven away by the smoke. You can't feel the warmth of that fire anymore. You know, the, the warmth of the fire is still there. And the fire did not get up and move away from you. The fire did not reject you. The fire did not say, no, 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 no. My warmth and merriness is not for you, good sir or madam. You opted to put yourself in a place where you could no longer experience the goodness and beneficence of the fire. Such as it is with us and the love of God. Look at the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son got it into his mind that he would be better off doing his own thing outside of the love and protection of the father. So he packed up all his stuff and he went away. We know from our reading of it that the father came and stood at the door of his house each and every day. And he was gazing down the road that led to his house. And his love never stopped. And each and every day he longed to see that precious child come running back. And he longed to let the love that was in him flow into his child. The love never stopped. The son put himself in a place where he could not experience it. The son separated himself from the father and as such separated himself from the father's love. But the second the son got it in his head, he's like, I'm going to go back. I mean, I won't even go back as, as, a, as a son. I'll just go back as, as an employee. My father is so good, he even loves the people that work for him. And if I can only get the, like the love of an employee and not even the, even the love of an employee is better than what I got now. The son evaluated where he was in life. The son evaluated how things were going, conducting himself in his own power, on his own, being responsible for himself, being separated from the father. And he came to the point where he said, this simply doesn't work. This is stupid. And so he turned around and he went home and he went back to the father. And when the father saw him coming, the father went running down the road. Just for the record, if you don't know, this would have been an insanely shameful act for a grown, respected Jewish man of the day to be running down the road, you know, flashing his ankle as he's kicking up those steps, would have been shameful. He did not care because his opportunity, his ability to pour that love out he had from his heart into his son was there. 
And he welcomed him back and he said, I'm so glad. And even though my love for you has never stopped, you are now back in the love of the Father. And so wherever you are today, if you are solidly in the love of the Father, I would encourage you, do not become prideful about that. Be aware of it. Do not let yourself slip away. Do not let yourself step day by day a little bit further. Make it your purpose each and every day to live each day in the love of the Father. And at the same time, realize there are people all around you each and every day who need that love. They don't need to be saved from hell. They need to be saved from right now. They need the love of Jesus Christ in their life to help them get through the next day. And shame on us if we've never experienced it or don't remember what it's like to be in that place. Go to those people, find those people and say, you know what? I am not separated from the love of the Father and I want to bring you into that with me. And conversely, if you yourself right now, believer, unbeliever, are living your life in a place where you're separated from that love, why? What earthly benefit can there be in that? How can you look at your life, wherever it may be, good or bad as it might be, how can you look at your life and say, my life is better for not being in the love of God. And so wherever you are, believer or unbeliever, right now, in, in this moment, re-entering that love, gaining that benefit, drawing near to God is as close as saying, Father, take me. Take me and make me yours. That is my challenge to each and every one of you. Look at your life. Look at where you are. And ask, am I living in the love of the Father? Would you bow your heads as we close in prayer? Lord, I just thank you for this day and the opportunity to share your word. I pray that each of us would be wise enough and discerning enough to not view these words as something that was intended only for somebody else, but that we might be obedient enough to say, all right, Father, what is your message for me? And when we receive that message, Father, I pray you would give us the strength and the courage to be obedient, to do what you have called us to do. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I pray that you would this day and every day forevermore live in the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to close out with a video this morning. And I'm going to ask Jim if he'll come and read some scripture. And I want to set the table for this video. It's 13 minutes long. Stay uh, because at the end, for me anyway, something miraculous happened.
friends. Uh, this is a video from a gentleman named Dr. Ricky Dillard. He's a black gospel choral director, and uh, he's a, a genius. when he fled from Absalom, his son. Job, how are my adversaries increased? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there are that that say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. But thou, O Jehovah, art a shield about me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. And I cry unto Jehovah with my voice, and he answereth me out of his holy hill. I laid myself down and slept. I waked, for Jehovah sustaineth me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of the people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Jehovah. Save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongeth unto Jehovah. Thy blessing be upon thy people. The word of the Lord.
the glory and the lifter of my head. Hey. He walks with me, and I'm so glad that he talks with me, and he keeps on telling me I am his own. He's the lifter of my head. I don't have to worry. I don't have to stress, because he never failed me yet. You are the lifter of after all, I'll forever praise you For you've lifted me, you've lifted me And I'm so glad about it, you are the lifter hey. When sickness struck my body And they said I never get well You came and you healed me
April Hall. You know something? I sure would love to hear Tamala crap tack that. You're the lifter. Just stay right there. I'm going to get y'all signals. Just watch me. You're the lifter. you've been through would you sing to us uh, how he brought you out of that place for you to be looking like that Depending on you, I'm depending on you, Jesus. I'm leaning on you. 
Jesus. 